There's one in heaven and a dog named Peaches. My boys think that I love Peaches more than them, and I do. She wants a biscuit. They want my money. I love Peaches. She poops in my backyard. They pooped on my life. Can I get an amen? I love Peaches. I hope that you'll stop by my table afterwards. My book is there. It's a really short book, my kind of book. My story's in both of them. I've got a DVD and CD of my story, along with other messages. If you happen to buy my story, burn about as just buy one and burn as many copies and give it away. That's not a bad deal. Amen? Now, before you be seated, look at somebody eyeball to eyeball. Look at them good. You're going to say something to them. Look at them. I'm going to tell you what to say. Look at them. Say exactly what I tell you to say. I love it when men got to look at each other. So I want you to look at somebody. Look at them good. You may do it in a group of three or four, but look at them and say this. God loves you. But I'm still working on it. Amen? Quietly be seated. If you got a Bible, get it. I'm assuming if you don't have your Bible, you got it memorized. If you have your Bible, say I do. Open up to Romans chapter 3. We're going to start there. I'm going to tell you a story. I normally don't give stuff on the screen, but I did. They'll throw it up. Romans chapter 3, and if you're looking for it, say I'm looking. If you don't have your Bible, say I'm lazy. Bunch of lazy people. See, I can say things he'd love to say. I've come to, uh, he's come to comfort the afflicted. I've come to afflict the comforted. I'm not even wearing socks for you that are concerned. I'd love to be at your lunch table today. But I'm probably going to be the appetizer. Can you believe that guy? Let me tell you, when you meet the Jesus I met 51 years ago, you're never going to get over. And for you that made plans to leave here about noon, you know what you just did? You just told God, God, I know nothing's going to happen. If we came, Pastor, if we came as a church expecting God to do something, we'd be here a while. You've got great facilities. You've got friendly people. I mean, this is, this is an incredible place. I don't know who your next student pastor is, but begin to pray for him right now. And for his wife. She's got to be in it, too. If she ain't in it, then you're in trouble. So there you go. Everybody say good. good. Ain't good enough. Ain't good. That's the title of my message. Everybody say good. good. Ain't, good enough. Ain't good enough. You know, we, we do that talk about good. Everybody say good. good. I mean, I, a while ago when you were shaking hands, you know, your pastor said, man, we're a, a talking church. And a friendly church is a, is a great church. But it's amazing how we do that good talk. How you doing? Good. How's that family? Oh, they're good. How's that job going? Oh, it's good. How many of y'all would agree the most time it's not even good? Just raise your hand. Come on, hold them up. It's not. We just make, you know what? If you want to find out how somebody's doing, just make stuff up. 
when they ask you, how many of y'all have ever done this, Pastor? This is me and you. You know we've done it. How many of y'all, some, you've ever asked somebody how you're doing? You didn't really want to know. You were just hoping they'd say, that's all you wanted. Pastor, you know we've done it. Well, the next time somebody asks you how you're doing, just make stuff up. Just see if they're listening. So how you doing? My wife has leprosy. <laughs> My son wrecked both of our cars. My daughter killed our cat. That's kind of good. All the cat people, oh. You know, that's why we cats have nine lives. You want to kill them about six times. You could go through the whole stuff, burn the house down, lost my job. Go through that whole scenario, and the person that asks you, how you doing, as soon as you finish, will do this. Well, that's good. Everybody say good. Ain't good enough. Now, I got to camp here for a few moments. Is there a difference between good and great, yes or no? Yes or no? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to take a survey in a minute to see if you really believe that. Because, see, good football teams don't go to a Super Bowl. It's the? And I hate the New England Patriots. I do. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know Jerry Jones is the Antichrist. We're working on it. Mark Cuban's his brother. I know it. I don't care anybody says, that's funny right there. Good baseball teams don't win a World Series. It's the good basketball teams. I'm a Spurs fan. Sorry for your Mavericks. Well, we're not going to go very far, but at least we made the playoffs. But they don't win a championship, not good ones. It's the good athletes don't go to the Olympics. It's the great ones. Good marriages, are you ready, will end in divorce. Good churches will split. I, I, I'm glad I'm an American. Okay? I don't know that we're a great country anymore. We're pretty good. But I'm glad I'm here. And I'm not going to tell you who I voted for, not her. What? Donald Trump's not going to make America great. But let me tell you this, God can make it great. Amen. Man, if Donald Trump would fall in love with the greatness of God, there's, and if he just quit tweeting, Amen. that dumb Twitter. See, I can say a lot of stuff he can't say. And he's over there going, please, God, let him say more. See, here's the deal. Good marriages and divorce. Good schools will, listen, are you ready about good kids? Good kids get drunk. Good kids get pregnant. Good kids get abortions. Good kids will walk into a school and begin to shoot. Good, are you ready? Good kids will do drugs and alcohol. Good kids will commit suicide. If you remember the Columbine shooting, if you do, say yes. yes. Eric and Dylan, are you ready for this? Two young men for one year plan to killed, massacred 500 students, 13 ended up dead. Can I tell you what every magazine, what every paper said about Eric and Dylan? Fill in the blank with the word good. They were? Good. 
boys. They lived in a neighborhood. They had parents. They went to a school. Everything seemed to be, but pastor that day, good, went bad. Church, listen to me. We're running out of time. And God is sick and tired of good. By the way, let me tell you the only good thing about Ken Freeman, God. So anything good you see in me, that's him. Anything you bad you see in me, that's me. Hang with me long enough, you'll see some of me. Especially in your traffic. I've had to repent I don't know how many times in your traffic. I don't even believe in rededication. I've rededicated my life. There's a difference between good and great. Would you agree, yes or no? Muhammad Ali, they called him the greatest. Now, if I was in a Pentecostal church, some people would would have a fit with this. Y'all are just, you know, you're just going to golf clap. <laughs> Pentecostal church, somebody loses. They called him the greatest because he could knock people out. Well, if he's the greatest, Jesus must be greater. He knocked out sin. He knocked out death. He defeated the devil. Listen, died, rose again. We had a few. Then I love the ones that are going, dude, when's he going to preach? I'm preaching. Wayne Gretzky. Anybody know his nickname? The great one. I don't even think ice hockey is a real sport. I put it in there with men wrestling under men in their underwear. And if you watch wrestling, you're sick. See if you can go and see where I'm going. Wayne Gretzky, they call him the great one because he can skate on ice with the puck and the stick. Well, if he can skate on ice, that makes him the great one. Jesus must be greater. Do you see where I'm going? Because he walked on. You tried doing that. He moved mountains, healed diseases, set captives. I would say that is great. Even Tony the Tiger. Frosted flakes aren't good. There. Oh, come on, there. Did you see, have you noticed how Tony doesn't even age? Same Tony. Could you see him doing this commercial, Frosted Flakes? They're really good. By the way, this Bible ought to be the Frosted Flakes to your life. Jesus and your walk with him ought to be the frosted flakes to your life. Everybody say good. good. Ain't good enough. Amen. Have I sh shown you the difference between good and great? Yeah. Go to the next slide because look at the next slide. The next one says this. Everybody say good, good. is the enemy to great. I, I know a lot of good people in my life, but it's the great people that make the difference in my life. I've had a lot of good days, but the greatest days. October of 1968, when I got saved, great day. August 17, 1972, 11:02, Melissa. Excuse me, 2220 Northwest Military Highway, greatest day when I when I got married. My first son that was born. My grandkids. 
I've written three books. I couldn't even write a good poem in school. Preached at the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference twice. I'm not even a candy striper, let alone a doctor. I've had some great days, but the greatest day was when I met Jesus. So let me ask you. Let's look around. Everybody look around. Oh, by the way, let's all do this because... Uh, let's do this together. Everybody look at your watch. If not, you look at the back wall because they've made sure I can see it. Everybody look. Everybody look. Now we've done it. We don't have to do it anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. For you that are taking medicine, it's 1123. You're taking your medicine. I took mine this morning. If you're listening, say yes. Now that we know the difference between good and great, I'm going to ask you, you're going to answer one of one question or the other. Here's the first one. According to good and great, we're going to take a survey. How many of you in this room believe that this is a good crowd today? It's a good crowd. According to good and great, the survey that we've just done, how many of you would say, looking around, that this is a good crowd? Raise your hand. Pull them up high. Pull them up high. I'll put them down. How many of you, according to good and great, would say this is a great crowd? Raise your hand. Okay, you're wrong. I love the ones that didn't raise their hand at all. I'm not raising my hand. Can I tell you why it's not a great crowd? This is why. We would have to pull chairs in. I don't know what you're going to do with this stuff back here. You've got to figure out. You've got space back there. Maybe you need to put chairs and a little TV. But here's the deal. If this was a great crowd, I go to Community Bible in San Antonio. We had seven services in three days. Over 34,000 people attended our service. Oh, we have some great days. We, can, we don't got enough parking because people keep bringing people. And people get saved, they bring more people. See, if it was a great crowd, it'd be standing room only. I'm going to make you all feel a little better, okay? It's not a good crowd. Let, let me make you feel a little good. It's pretty good. That's better than good. I'll say very good if that'll make you feel better. Are you ready? God is sick and tired. Watch this. Good will always be the enemy. Now, you've got a big honking church. But I could ask people, hey, tell me about Hallmark. You know what most of them would say? Most of them would say, well, I hear that's a good church. Man, they got a good pastor. they got some good people there. See, we don't go to hell because we're bad. We go to hell because we are lost. We don't go to heaven because we're good. We go to heaven because we are Hell's going to be full of some good people. And I, there are some sitting in this room today. You're a good person that knows about God, but has never known God. Are you ready? Here we go. Go to Romans chapter 3. Here we go. Romans 3, verse 10. Let's look at the word good and see what it says. As the scripture says, no one is, everybody say righteous. 
Watch this. No one's righteous. No, I love this. Not even one. No one truly is wise. No one really seeks God. Look at verse 12. All have turned away. Get ready to speak. All have become useless. And no one does. Not a single one. Keep reading. Nobody. By the way, let me, let me show you about Romans. In this chapter, they talk about the law. By the way, the law was good. But the law can't save you. Religion can't save you. Baptism will never save you. Being christened in, as in a Catholic or sprinkled in a Methodist won't save you. Those are good things. They're not biblical things. Baptism is biblical, but it won't save you. You can join a church and it won't save you. It may be a good thing. I mean, if I join the Girl Scouts, ain't going to make me a girl. And according to my granddaughter, I'd be an ugly girl. Am I making my point? You see, the law was good. You're going to see something. And these people, they, they wanted to obey the law, but they were weird, messed up people. You see, here's what the law is like. It's like a mirror. I stand in front of the mirror. When I look in the mirror, the mirror shows me I need to brush my teeth, or maybe I got a zit, or maybe I got something in my teeth. But then the mirror, and I and I, I keep my, I try to keep my neck shaved. I, I like a, just a short beard. So when I look in the mirror, the mirror shows me I need to shave here. If not, my other mirror, my wife tells me you need to shave there. So do I break the mirror off and shave with the mirror, yes or no? Can the mirror cleanse my face? The mirror's good. I think this is a great example. The mirror shows me my need to shave. So here's what it does. It drives me to the razor, to the hot water, to the shaving cream, and that is what cleanses my face. You see, the law, let me read it. Read on with me. Keep reading. Verse 13, he says, Their talk is foul like the stench of an open grave. Their, their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Read on. Uh, they rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. Look at verse 18. They have no fear of God at all. That's what's wrong with America today. And when we say fear of God, I shared this with the students today. When we say fear of God, you know what that word means? To fear God, everybody say acknowledge recognize, honor who God is. So when we live in fear of the Lord, according to Proverbs, we honor God in that. Keep reading verse 19. Obviously the law applies to those whom it was given for its purpose. The law's purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show the entire world, I'm reading from the New Living, someone's going to read different, to show the entire world it's guilty before God. But look at verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. This Bible's not going to save me. But what the Bible does, it shows me a need for a Savior. Amen? Oh, by the way, the greatest book ever written is the Word of God. 
the greatest day in history 2,000 years ago we just celebrated was when Jesus died, when he rose again. Great days! Verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him by without keeping the requirements of the law. As we promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God. I love how mine reads. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ, this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. And then we get to Romans 3.23. That's the only verse we know. For all have and come short of the glory of God. So let me go ahead and tell you, salvation is only in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now go to my story. Go to Matthew 19. Here's my story. It's 1131 for you that are still taking medicine. <laughs> Matthew 19. You guys don't find a student pastor. I've got some Wednesdays open in May. I'll fly back and we'll we'll have some church on Wednesday. I just invited myself. <laughs> Matthew 19, verse 16. Here's the story. Now here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look in Matthew 19, and then if you would, I want you to flip over also to Mark chapter 10. We're gonna go back and forth a little bit, okay? Matthew 19, and then Mark chapter 10. This is why. I'm going to end with Mark because Mark says it a little different than Matthew. And I like how he ends. But let's look at Matthew 19, verse 16. Verse, are you ready? Here it is. Someone came to Jesus with this question. He said this. Teacher. By the way, some versions, you have New King James, right, Pastor? Does yours say good teacher or just teacher? Okay, mine doesn't, and so that, but at the bottom it refers to, everybody say good teacher. See, I thought it was kind of being sarcasm, but it's not. When they would say good teacher, it was really a sign of honor. So he said, hey, good teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Three questions, this is the first one. Now, this is a great question. Now, I, I fly American Airlines. Now, I'm driving. Uh, it's crazy what I'm going to do in the next 22 days, but here's the bottom line. I get, I've got 5 million miles with American Airlines, so I get upgraded all the time to first class. Don't be mad at me. How many of y'all have ever flown first class? Raise your hand. Hold my pie. You never want to go back to be with those people again. <laughs> never! Now, today I'm dressed up. In fact, when I finish this service, I got my shorts ready. I'm getting shorts, sandals. So when I fly, I wear shorts, some kind of a shirt, some sandals. And, I'll, and so I'm first class. I don't dress like first class. Probably don't look like first class. But I'm in first class. How many of y'all have ever played this game on the plane? You know you have. You know you have. You're sitting in your seat. Of course, everybody's wondering how I got there. How'd this dude get here? Doesn't have long pants, flip-flops. Doesn't look first class. Have you ever been sitting in your seat and there's an open seat next to you? You ever played this game? And people are coming your way? Oh, God. Oh, Father. Oh, Heavenly Father. God, if you've ever answered a prayer, God, 
do not let that sit here. You know you've done it! Of course, I'm always thinking if I'm sitting there and there's an open seat, I'm wondering if they're coming to me going, oh God. So they'll sit next to me, and now, Pastor, they're trying to figure out what does this guy do to be in first class? I fly a lot. So finally, after a few minutes, this is leading, I promise you. Because I always get this question. Sir, uh, where are you headed? Well, I'm always going through Dallas. There'll be a layover in Dallas when the rapture happens. <laughs> there will not be a layover in Atlanta. I hate Atlanta Airport. They teach people in Atlanta how to be mean, and they do it well. So I tell him, going through doubt. Finally, he said, Well, sir, what do you do for a living? And there'll be people around me. Yeah, we were wondering, what do you do? And so everybody's wondering. And I said, Well, what do you think I do for a living? And they'll always, almost every time. Now, sir, don't take this wrong. Do you not hate that when people say that to you? Because we're going to take it wrong. So the next time somebody says, don't take this wrong, just tell them, shut up. Don't take that wrong. Sir, don't take it wrong. I said, okay, go. He said, sir, you look like a wrestler. Why would I want to wrestle other men in their underwear? Why? I said, I'm not a wrestler. And so here's my next, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. This is their next response. Really? <laughs> now, what kind of preacher are you? I'm the, run, I'm the one that wrestles people in first class. And finally, I tell them I'm preaching, and we talk, and then, this is why I'm going here, this is the question. Well, sir, you being the preacher, can I ask you this question? He said, sure. What do you think it takes to get to heaven? And I said, remember, I'm the guy that looks like a wrestler, but I'm a preacher. I said, what do you think it takes? I hope y'all are listening. Because nine times out of ten, I get this answer. I just think you just got to be good. Man, I'm a good husband. I'm a good worker. I go to church. I... see, hell's going to be full of good. And so look at the first question. Look at it. Everybody say, show me the money. How many of y'all saw that movie, Show Me the Money? Anybody? Jerry Maguire, if you saw it, raise your hand. Sinner. It's actually a good movie, but here it is. So show me the money, because we don't know his name, Pastor. So show me the money. says, hey, good teacher, what good deed must I do? Young people, I hope you're listening to have eternal life. And I love verse 17. Well, why do you ask me about what's good? In fact, flip over to Mark 10. We're going to go back and forth. Go to Mark 10, and let's see what it says there. There it is. As Jesus is starting on his way, verse 17, he was heading to Jerusalem. He said, he knelt down, he said, good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, well, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is good truly good. 
Next time somebody says, I'm good, they're lying. And we know where liars go. Washington, D.C. <laughs> so listen to the first question. So Jesus, what good did Well, dude, nobody's good but God. God is all the time. God is good. But God is sick and tired of us settling for good. Psalms 48, 1 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in than he that is in the world. If you read John 14, 12, he says that you ought to read Jesus' words, John 14, 12. Pastor, this be something to preach on. Jesus says that you and I will do greater things than him. Dude, I saw your wall full of missionaries. And they see the greatness of God. They see healing. They see incredible moves and miracles of God. Not here. Because we're settling for good. John 15, 13, greater love has no man. Are y'all listening? God's good is the enemy to grace. So look what Jesus answered. I love this. Verse 17, go back to Matthew 19, 17. There's only one who is good, but to answer your question, I love Jesus. John, Jesus, I think he can be so sarcastic and we don't even know. I just love him. Look at it. Oh, by the way, if you see the word if, do you see the word if? Mine says if. 1,800 times the word if is used in Scripture, or at least my Bible. And Jesus said, if you want to receive eternal life, this is good. <laughs> Just keep all the commandments. Go ahead. Go for it. Now, guys, that's impossible. How many of y'all sinned yesterday? Raise your hand. If you, didn't, if you didn't sin yesterday, you just lied, so now you sin. <laughs> How many of y'all had a bad thought yesterday? Raise your hand. How many of y'all wasted time yesterday? Raise your hand. How many of y'all spent money you didn't need to spend yesterday? Raise your hand. How many of y'all went over the speed limit? Raise your hand. How many of y'all didn't stop at all the stop signs? Raise your hand. Shouldn't there be a stop sign that just says, slow down and look? You heard about the guy that went through three stops on He rock and rolled. He didn't stop. He just kind of rock and rolled. The cop pulled him over. Rolled down his window. Don't you? I hate it when they put their head in my window. Can I see your license? Yeah, if I can have your gun. I wouldn't say that, I promise you. I wouldn't say it. But are you ready? As soon as they rolled down the window, they, I mean, our response is, Officer, what did I do? I wasn't speeding. He said, No. But you didn't stop at the stop sign. You just kind of slowed down and went through. He said, officer, what's the difference if I slow down or stop? So he pulled out a billy club, began to hit him on the head. He said, let me know when you want me to slow down or stop. <laughs> Jesus said, hey, if you want to receive eternal life, just keep, obey all the commandments. I mean, I can't even obey my wife sometimes. Look at the second question. Look at the second question in verse 18. 
Which one? This guy's good. Which one, Jesus? Look at what he said. Don't murder. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, I've never killed anybody. I've thought about it three times. never did it. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. I need all the students, students to listen to this one. Honor your father and your... Yeah, that would send most of y'all to hell. You know what they did in the Old Testament when kids disobeyed? They stoned them. I'm not talking with marijuana. I've always wanted to put my boys against the fence, put a stack of rocks in front of my wife, and let her just throw them. Now, I'd put her really close because she throws like a girl. He said, which ones do I obey? Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as your? Go back to Mark 10. Watch this. It's fun doing this. Go to Mark 10. Verse 20 in Mark 10. Teacher, and he probably said, good teacher, and the man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was what? Go back to Matthew 19. How many of y'all have children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, some kind of a little kid? You know, they're five years and younger. Raise your hand. They're bad people. They're bad. They eat dirt. They cry for no reason. They break stuff. They embarrass you. They're bad. church and a little girl was sitting on the front row with her mom. She leaned over to her mom and said, Mom, I'm glad I'm six. <laughs> she was listening. Have you ever met the two children, Holy and Terror? If you've ever met them, raise your hand. Come on, hold them up. If you're not raising your hand, they're probably your kids. I was in San Antonio Airport, and there they were, holy in terror, with mom. I saw this little boy, John, holy, about eight years old. This was so old. Angels were all around him. He was reading a book. He wasn't on a phone or an iPad. Read! What a novel thought. He had a little Coke and some pretzels. It was all holy. And then there was his brother. Error. Two. He was underneath the seat on a leash. <laughs> if you see a kid on a leash, get away from that kid. I love ones that ain't laughed yet. He said, ever since I was a little kid, Look, if you would, at verse 20 in Matthew 19. I've obeyed all these commandments. The young man replied, look at the third question, and I want to camp here. Jesus, if my money's not going to get me to heaven, he had a lot of money. You'll see that in a moment. Now, I don't know if he was married because he had money. (laughs) 
Y'all are laughing. If you're married, raise your hand if you still can, men. Yeah, because they get that rib cage. You want to have a great marriage? Three things to think about. You can be right or happy in your marriage. How many men have chosen to be happy in your marriage? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're an idiot. Because when your wife ain't happy, I, don't, I think God's upset. Here's another truth for a great marriage. What's mine is, and what's hers is, Have you noticed that when your children are good, they're hers? When your children are bad, they're yours. I came home one day and we said, our sons. I was totally confused. Here's the third thing about a great marriage. I need all the married men to repeat this after me. Say, it's my fault. If she runs out of gas, you're not even in the car. Go ahead and say it, guys. She writes a check at Walmart she should have never written. Say it, guys. Your kids turn into idiots one day. Say it, guys. But look at what Show Me the Money said. Show Me the Money said, if my money, if my marriage, think about this, Pastor, if my morals, are not going to give me eternal life. Look at the question. What else must I do? Mark said, Jesus, he repeated, Jesus said, there's one thing that you lack. Now you have Kim and David here, great friends. I've, it'll be, I think, two years since, since I met them, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you support them. They're two, two of the greatest people you'll ever be around. But I want you to hear me. I got to go to Africa, and that's where I met them. And went with my granddaughter since she was 10. We had the African Children's Choir come to our church. Amazing. And she stayed in, we kept a couple in our home. And she stayed in touch with them. And so for seven years, she said, I want to go to Africa. I want to go to Africa. Well, uh, Chris and Lisa, uh, San Antonio and Community Bible. And he'd been kind of texting me and saying, hey, would you like to be on a board? I didn't know what that meant. And so finally, I said, sure. So uh, a couple years ago, I became a board member, don't know really what all that means, but I'm a board member, and uh, I mean, I play Monopoly, I don't know about that board, but, so I went, and uh, we were there, incredible, but they got monkeys everywhere, they got, I'm just telling they got monkeys everywhere, biggest baboon sitting on the side of the road, and they'll take it, Chris pulled up, the baboon's looking at me, I don't know if I look like lunch, or a girlfriend. I don't know what I look like. All I know is Chris rolled his window down and said, dude, you better roll that window back up. But these little teeny monkeys are everywhere. Everywhere. You know what I'm talking Man, if you keep a door cracked or a window, they're coming in. They'll eat whatever's edible. And they'll make up stuff to eat. But I read years ago, I don't know if they still do this, but here's how they used to catch these little monkeys in certain places. They get a coconut. They split it open, they carve it out, and they put it back together. Now, how they do that, I, I think, and what they do, they put an orange or an apple, a piece of fruit in the coconut, they put two holes in the coconut, and they put a rope or a string, maybe tied together, 
and then they tie it to a tree and they hide with nets. The monkeys will come out of the trees, and I don't, I don't know if they smell the coconut, I don't know, but they see the coconuts, and there's a hole for them to put their hand in, and they grab that piece of food and begin to pull it out. But they run into a problem. Don't stop listening. I'm not going to go much longer, I promise you. <laughs> Maybe. But the problem is, when they try to take the food and the hand out of the coconut, they run it, they can't do it because in order to get free, they got to let go. You and I are a lot like the monkeys. Please listen. All the monkey had to do was, and it would have been free. Come on, everybody, listen to me. How many of you here worry? Raise your hand. Are you ready for this? As long as you hold on to worry, you'll never worship. How many of y'all, by the way, 98% of what we worry about is never going to happen. How many of y'all ever worried about something you couldn't eat, you couldn't drink, you couldn't sleep, and you woke up the next day and it never happened? You're thinking, I could have had a V8. How many of y'all have fear? Come on, be honest. Last year at a Jason Aldean concert in Las Vegas, 58 people dead. You think they start looking around when they go to another concert? Not too soon after that, right outside of San Antonio, Texas, a man walks into a church, they're in the middle of worship, 26 people are dead. You think people come to church with a little bit of fear? You can't. You can't. I'm going to be the first one shot because I'm ticking everybody off. I just hope they're a good shot. I don't want to flop around. I just want to be with Jesus. But if I come to church in fear, if I get on a, on a plane with fear, I'm in trouble. Fear will paralyze you. So if you hold on to fear, you'll never learn to trust. For Tiffany and Adam, they cannot be afraid. It's easy for me to say they cannot work. Let go. If you hold on to religion, you'll never have a relationship with God. You hold on to uh, hate, you'll never love. You hold on to pride, you'll never know humility. Listen, hold on to your past, you'll never know God's presence. So see the question for all of us today, what do we need to let go of? There are some of you here like my son. Prayed a prayer when he was eight-year-old, and yes, I believe an eight-year-old can be saved. But pastor, here's what bothers me. I meet people who say they were saved at eight, nine, and ten. Now they're 18, 38, 68, and don't give a rip about God. Can I tell you why? They never got saved. My son, got, I baptized him at eight, got him in the water. And here's what he told me at 16. He said, Dad, I knew when I was 13 years old that I was lost. I said, drugs? He said, Dad, I've never done drugs. Alcohol. He said, Dad, I drank some beer. I'm not going to lie to you. Sex? He was a virgin when he got married. I said, because those are the... I said, how do you know? And here's what he told me. Please listen. Young people, he said, Dad, I knew I was lost for three years. And some of you are going to do it at the end of my service. You're going to raise your hand saying you're lost, but you know in your heart that you're... You're going to raise your hand 
knowing that you're saved, but in your heart you know that you're lost. He said, Dad, I'd raise my hand, but I knew I was lost. I said, how? He said, Dad, for three years, I could disrespect, I could cheat, I could lie, I could be deceptive. He said, Dad, it wouldn't bother me one bit. You know what he said to me? Dad, how could I be saved when there were no convictions in my life about anything? My son, finally, at 16, got God from here to here. I'm telling you all to write it down. Go to Facebook. Pray for Caleb Freeman. His, his church has given him a sabbatical since January. He needs it for three years. His church loves my son. The great, listen, it's one of the greatest churches I've ever been in my life. And so think about it. Jesus, if my money, my marriage, and my morals are not going to give me eternal life, what do I need to let go of? Oh, read on. Read on. Look at this. Look, if you would, at verse uh, 21. Jesus told me, if you want to be perfect, everybody say perfect. perfect. It's not what you think. Matthew 5, 48, Jesus says, be perfect as I am perfect. You know what that word, everybody say mature, mature. say grown up, mature. say complete. Now here's the difference between me and your pastor, my son as well. I don't have to come up with new messages every week because I'm in different places. They do. Can I say this to you? i got to make sure that the message I preach are fresh and have the anointing of God on them. Look at verse 21. If you want to be perfect, you want your life to have meaning and purpose and be complete, go sell all your possessions, give your money to the poor, or an evangelist from San Antonio, Texas. I put it in there. Then you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But look at verse 22. Pastor, in the New King James, does it use the word grace in verse 22 or not? Mine says this. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Mine said he had many possessions. He had a lot of stuff. He had a great wealth, but not a good God. read about a guy, it's in Luke 12, don't turn to it. This dude was into himself. He said, I'm going to build bigger barns for me, I'm going to do this for me, me, myself, and I. And then Jesus at the end in Luke 12 said, this very night your life is required, who's going to get all your stuff? Now, if you would, go to, we're going to end, go to Mark 10, and I want to end there. Look at verse 22 in Mark 10. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad for he had many possessions. Now look at verse 23. Pastor, I know you've preached on this, but I promise you, you, you may see it different. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for a rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, this amazed them, and so Jesus said it again. Dear children, it's very hard. In fact, I wrote in my Bible, and I wrote this. It's very hard to have eternal life. It's very hard to enter heaven for those who trust in their riches. 
for those who trust in their religion. I'm not being sacrilegious. There's no hope in a pope. There's no hope in this preacher. There's no hope in your religion. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say something and I want you to listen. Donald Trump, I don't know if he's saved or not. I don't know. But can I go ahead and tell you this? There's time, Donald Trump doesn't really need God. He's the president. Now, he needs another hair deal. I don't know what's up with the hair. Dude, if I had that much money, I'd have some nice, I'd, it'd be fine with Oprah, now if you believe Oprah's saved, then you're probably lost. Oprah's new age, Pastor. She's a good woman, done good things. Ellen, I think Ellen's one of the funniest women, but listen to me, she's living the wrong life. But she does better things than the church. And so people look at her and look at Oprah. Oprah's new age. Oprah doesn't need God because she's got popularity. Madonna needs clothes. But can I tell you about Madonna? Madonna doesn't need God because she's got power and popularity. Let me give you a great statement before I close here in a few moments. You'll never know you need God till you need God. I'm going to say it again. You'll never know you need God till you need God. And there are some of you sitting here that you came in lost, you came in a good person, came in a religious person. I mean, you've done all the stuff like my son you're going to walk out lost unless you finally get real and you take your hand out of the token. Verse 25, in fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know if there's any eye of the needle. I've heard it's true. I've heard it's a myth. Supposing that there's some hole in this wall and somewhere on the holy lands and and the only way to get through, it's called the eye of a needle. And what maybe it's just an illustration, but he's saying in order, it'd be easier to take the backpack off that camel and to pull that camel through a hole in the wall than it would be for a rich person to be saved. Keep reading. I love verse 26. The disciples, some Bible says, were just greatly astounded. Listen to their question. Well, who in the world can be saved, Jesus? I mean, this guy's got great money, good marriage, good morals. If this dude can't be saved, who can be saved? By the way, he could be saved. Look what Jesus answered now in verse 27. Do you see it? Jesus looked at him intently. He said, with man this is, but with God, you know what our thing is? We're believing a miracle for Caleb. You know, if you follow Pray for Caleb Freeman, you're going to see hashtag, but God. Man, if your kids are already playing camp, I wish, I'm right here at Lakeland Springs. I'd love for them to be at my camp. Got all kinds of room in June. Our theme this year is hashtag, but God. Verse 28, here comes Peter. A dude, he's a mess. Cutting off people's ears. Hanging around with roosters. I don't know Jesus. I like roosters. Look what Peter says. 
We've given up everything to follow you. Hey, Jesus, what's in it for us? Jesus answered, I assure you, everyone, and I'm going to ask, Ben, if you'll make your way up. I'm assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake. By the way, I noticed your wall full of missionaries. Most of them have given up everything. I went into evangelism. 37 years ago, I was in Pasadena, Texas, making $50,000 a year as a student pastor. That's good money back then. God called me to evangelism. God always meets my needs. I hope today he'll use you. Everybody keeps asking how long you're going to do this, like I'm dying. Dude, I can still run, play basketball, racquetball. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to do it as long as God keeps providing. I'm doing I'm already on Social Security because I don't know, I didn't even know I was going to get it. Medicare, I'm a senior citizen. That's right. I go to the movie theater, senior citizen pass. I ain't proud. Won't you listen close? He said, Jesus, Jesus said this, if you give everything up, in fact, let me just say this, if you read Luke 14, you don't have to turn to it, but Luke 14, 26 says, and Luke says it tougher than Matthew, Matthew's nice, Luke was me, Luke said, you must hate your mom, hate your dad, you must hate your brothers, your sisters, hate your wife, he said, in fact, you've got to hate your own life or you can't be my disciple. Now, I know what the teenagers are thinking. I love that verse. <laughs> At lunch today, I'm talking to my parents. Mom and Dad, I just want to tell you, it's biblical. I hate both y'all. I hate your rules. That's not what it's saying. Our devotion to Jesus ought to seem like nothing else matters. And by the way, when I love him like you ought to be loved, I'm going to love my parents, I'm going to love my wife, I'm going to love my neighbor. Look at verse 30. He said, these people will receive now and return a hundred times many houses, brothers, sisters, mother, children, property, along with persecutions. And in the world to come, that person will have, will receive, Here's my question before some of y'all try to skip out. I know you're, somebody's waiting. God, if you'll just pray, I can get out of here. Well, when you bow your heads, I'm, I'm looking. Now, if it's your job you got to get to, I, I dig on it. But here's my question. If your heart were to stop right now, could that happen, yes or no? If someone were to walk in here and start shooting, could it happen, yes or no? If, if you were killed in a freak wreck on the way home, could that happen, yes or no? This is the question we've got to answer. Are you confident 
If your heart were to stop, if you were to die, are you confident? Don't, don't answer that you're born again. I'm not asking about your baptism, your church membership, your religious views. I'm not even asking about your commitment level. All I'm asking is, do you know that you know that you know that if you died, if this world were to end, you're going to be with Jesus? If not, take your hand out of cover. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He's going to begin to play real soft. I'm going to ask maybe some of the church leadership to come and maybe kneel at this altar right now. Maybe an elder, maybe you and your wife. Come. And I want us to pray for people in the pews right now that are battling what my son battled. Embarrassment. Lies. He said, Dad, for three years I knew I was lost. He said, Dad, I, I had more passion for a, a baseball or a basketball dating that girl than I did for Jesus. Every head out of you, I close. So here's question number one. With every head back, I don't want you looking at anybody next to you. I'm not going to come grab you. I'm not going to follow you. I just want to know. How many sitting here would say if my heart stopped, if I were to die, how many of you can honestly say, Brother Ken, I'm not telling you how committed I am, but here's what I can tell you. I know that I know that I know that I'm born again, that I've been saved, and that if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. I know that. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Please be careful. Put them down. Now, some of you just did what my son did for three years. He raised his hand knowing in his heart that he was lost. And at 16, he finally took his hand out of the coconut and got saved. Dropped his pride. Dropped his fear. Second question. I promise you, I'm not going to come grab you and follow you. I just want to know so I can pray. How many sitting here would say, Brother Ken, Mr. Freeman, you do. This might surprise my husband, my wife. It might surprise my pastor, my parents, my kids, my church. Brother Ken, I'm going to be more real than I've ever been in my life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Brother Ken, I'm going to be honest. If my heart were to stop, if I were to die, Christ were to come, this world were to end. Brother Ken, I honestly don't know that I've ever been saved. Brother Ken, I'm going to be honest. I honestly don't know that I'd go to heaven. Honestly don't know that I've ever been saved. But I want to know, would you pray for me? Nobody looking but me. If that's you with nobody looking, would you raise your hand right now all over this place? Put them up high. Come on, in the balcony. Come on, put them up high. The front, the middle, the back. Just put them up. Put them down. Now let me tell you what I'm going to ask you a second time. Because some of you didn't raise your hand to either question. So I need to tell you why. Maybe God's not dealing with you, and that's possible. He might not be. Maybe God's done dealing with you. I hope not. Or maybe, Pastor, you just don't need God. 
So I'm going to ask it again because you're either lost or saved. I said nothing about recommitment, rededication, nothing about that. You're either lost or saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many one more time would say, Brother Ken, Mr. Freeman, yo do. I honestly don't know that I've ever been saved. I honestly don't know that if I died, I'd be with you. I just don't know. And I'm tired of the unbelief. I'm tired of the fear, of the guilt, the shame. Brother Ken, if you would pray for me, because I just don't know that I'm saved, but I want to know, would you pray for me? Raise your hand one more time. Come on, put them up high. I see some new hands. Come on, hold them up. I see you. All over the room, I see you. Put them down. Now they're going to dim the lights just a little if you would. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to do a couple more things. Right there is good. If today you'd like to be saved, I'm going to tell you how that can happen. Oh, by the way, you raised one hand. we got to get the hand out of the coconut. Don't leave here lost. You see, the monkeys died because they wouldn't let go. The Bible says you got to believe. Romans 10, 9, 10. Everybody say, I believe. Everybody say, Jesus loves me like I am. Loves me enough to change me. Say, I believe he was born of a virgin. He walked this earth, died on my cross for my sins, buried in my place, rose again, coming again, and he did it for me. Say it. I didn't deserve it. Couldn't earn it. Couldn't buy it. But I believe. Now, if you can believe that according to if you can believe that with your heart and confess with your mouth that he's Lord he said I'll save you so here's what we're going to do if today you'd like to be saved I'm going to ask you to pray with me now listen to me close it's not a get out of hell prayer it's not a magical prayer in fact I'm going to go ahead and tell you the prayer is not going to save you I've heard people pray you see, the prayer is a confession of your heart. That's what saved me. And so as you begin to pray with me, this is the belief in your heart. That's what saved me. The prayer just kind of nails it. You can whisper. You can softly speak it. You can shout it. You can just move your lips. I don't care. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you, if you would like to be saved, Pray this with me right now. If the Spirit of God has convicted you, pray this with me. Just say, hey, Jesus, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of the guilt and the shame, the embarrassment, the blame. Jesus, I'm tired of being lost. So, Jesus, today, I may be the only one here, but I believe with all my heart that you love me, you died for my sins on my cross. In fact, I believe you've already forgiven me. Jesus, I can't say thank you enough. In fact, Jesus, I want to say this. Repeat it. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry. 
Now, you don't got to make a list. Can I tell you what? Because he knows your heart. I'm sorry for the garbage in my life. Hey, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Now say this. Hey, Jesus, today I repent. Change my direction, how I walk. Jesus, change my mind, how I think. Change my purpose, how I live. I receive you into my life. Jesus, with everything that I am, I call you Lord, Savior, Father, Friend, Friend. The Bible says, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going to ask, I'm the only one looking. Nobody else is looking. Nobody's going to come grab you. I may not see as many hands, but I'm okay. If you prayed that with me just now, I want you to listen. God just saved you. So I'm going to ask. If you prayed that with me and you meant it with all your heart and you're not ashamed, raise your hand. Now come on, put them up high. Put them up high. Come on. All over this room, the balcony, the back, the front. Don't be ashamed. Put them up. Mom, Dad. Put them down. Now that it's private, we're going to go public. Nobody's going to make you do it. But I'm going to count to three. And sir, mom, dad, young man, little boy, little girl, if that prayer was your heart and you believe that God saved you, as I count to three, I'm going to ask you to stand. Remain standing with your head bowed. Now, it's real simple. If you stand. If you got to look around, don't stand. You may be the only one standing. And by the way, if you can't stand here with people that love you, You'll never stand out there. In fact, Jesus made it really clear. Matthew 10, Mark 8, Luke 9, John 12. Jesus said, if you're not ashamed of me and my words, won't be ashamed of you. In fact, he said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you to the Father. Are you all ready? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Do me a favor. Don't wait for me to count to three. If that prayer was your heart and you're not ashamed, stand up right now. Come on, stand up right now. All of Come on. I'm going to wait. I see one, two, three, four, five. Young men, don't be ashamed. Young lady, mom, dad, church member, visitor, because if you can't stand here, you'll never stand out there. I'm only going to count once. You that are standing, remain standing. One. Two, and I won't count again. But if you believe what God did was real, and you saved, stand up right now as I say, three. Come on, young lady. One more. Everybody keep your head bowed. You that are standing, look at me. Won't you look at me? I'm going to ask you to do two more things. Here's the first. If you're standing and you're not ashamed of what you've done, by the way, you took your hand out of the coconut. So you that are standing, the pastor is going to stand right here. I ask for you that are standing to step out from your seats and come face me and this pastor right now. Come on. Step out in the aisle right now. Don't sit back down. Don't do it. Come on. Step out in the aisle. Come stand right here in front of this pastor. Unashamed, unafraid, right here. Right here. Just stand right in front of me. Just get right in front of me. Unashamed, unafraid. Keep coming. I'm waiting. Unashamed, 
unafraid. Unashamed, unafraid. Keep coming. Unashamed, unafraid. Unashamed, unafraid. Now you that are standing here, look at me. I'll start over here and I'm going to work my way all the way over to here. We got any Kleenexes? Box right there. We got, we got some lady right here. God got a hold of her. I'm going to start here and come here. I'm going to ask you this question. If this is what you're saying, just nod your head. You're saying, Brother Ken, I don't know what I've done before, but here's what I do know. I believe with all my heart that God saved me today. That's what I believe. If that's what you're saying, would you nod your head? Nod your head. Everybody else, keep your head bowed. You there stand here, look at me. This is the greatest day of your life. Hey, Dad, is this your son and daughter? You've got a brand new family. And this church wants to be your family. This is the day of your life. Oh, there are greater days ahead, but this is the greatest. In a few moments, we're going to have some people out. Hopefully we have counselors. You're going to fill out a card. Let me tell you about the card. Don't, don't, don't do a, a pharmacist or a doctor's writing print. They want information so they can follow up. If you need a Bible, you tell the counselor, I need a Bible. They'll get you one. You need prayer, they'll connect you to a right group in this church. And so in a moment, you, now you're not joining the church. Let me go ahead and tell you, if you're looking for a church, stop looking. This is a great place. Great place with some great people. Amen? Well, let me give you the good news about your past. Are you ready? The divorce, the abortion, the drugs, the alcohol, the jail. Are you ready? If any of that was in your life, I got great news. God could care less. next time the devil brings up your past, remind the devil of his future. You're free from your past, present, and future. Amen? Would you bow your heads? You that are seated, would you look up? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And of the 15, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, at least 6 are adults, church. Now, we may have had a, a good crowd, but we had a great service. You want to do something for your pastor? Get lost people to church. Be faithful to serve and volunteer. Amen? Now, I'm going to need one, two, three, four. At least, man, that's crazy because it's usually more women. I need four ladies and I need... I need about 11 men. Now, somebody may want to take this whole family here. I don't care. But if I could get, where are we going? Where are we taking? Which way? Going to go back this way? Can I get some counselors, some ladies and men that will help fill out cards? Would you just walk right over there? Don't leave yet. I need four ladies and about 11 men. Four ladies and about 11 men. You're going to record this. And so here's what I'd like to do. 
I'd like for the girls and ladies, if we could, would you go ahead and make your way that way? Okay? You'll, you'll be okay. Go on. The four ladies, here they come. You're going to record their decision. Now, men, stay here. I need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I need 11 men. I uh, see I got about three or four. If you're a deacon or elder, you ought to be there. And if you can't do that, you need to resign today. Pretty simple. Well, I'm not a pastor. Men, you're going to record their decision. This is incredible. Now the men are coming. Now we're going to have too many, which I like. Gil does a lot of stuff. I'm kidding you. All right, men, would you head that way? Clap for these men again. Clap for them. Now, let's the rest of us stand. Would you stand? We're almost done. It's only 1223. God. How many of y'all learned something today? Was this a good service or a great service? Listen, we serve a good God, but He's a great God. Amen. Oh, we're not done. You just thought we were. Bow your head. Now I want to talk to believers. We're going to say, maybe today you're looking for a church home. The pastor's right here. You may want to come to this pastor and say, Pastor, what do we need to do to join? He'll tell you. But I want to ask with every head bowed, how many would say, Brother Ken, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but Brother Ken... I need to let go of something today. I got my hand in a coconut. And I need to let go of my pride, my fear, my anger, my money, whatever it is, my past, guilt, shame. But Brother Kim, would you just pray for me? I know I'm saved, but I need to get my hand out of the coconut. I need to let go. Just raise your hand. Come on, put them up high. Come on, all over this room. Hold them up high. Put them down. How many of you would say, Brother Ken, I've been settling for good. I want to know the great God in my marriage, my life. Come on, put him up. I want to know his greatness. Put him down. Well, we're going to find out. Notice you only raised one hand. But if you want to get the hand out, you're going to come and kneel. Can I tell you, all across this altar, are you ready? This is a sign of strength, not weakness. The pastor standing right here. If you need him to pray with you, I know he will. Are you ready? You need to let go of good. You need to let go of something. Step out from your seats right now. Come on. All over this room, come and pray right now. He's going to begin to sing. Step out. Let go. Let's sing together. Come on.